Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shot my cake home. And today we're going to be covering the season finale of season one of Supernatural. It's called Devil's Trap. Jamie, what do you think? Wow, they really trapped some devils, didn't they? (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to you because it's the finale and... I just feel like this is the end of your first ever season of Supernatural and it really opens up a lot of things and I'm super keen to see what your thoughts are. Um, (laughs) We've been hanging out for like three hours already today and I haven't been able to talk to you about it yet and I'm really pumped and I had a coffee this morning and I'm high on caffeine. So I'm just going to let you lead, I think, because I'm excited to hear what you want uh, to say and then I'm going to chase you up anything I think you've missed. Okay, so let's start where I always like to start. Meg! Yeah. Meg's back! I love Meg. Meg. I love Meg. And I'm really excited to hear... Your thoughts on what happens with Meg in this episode, because I think it's really interesting and really, well, just really interesting. (laughs) I love Meg. I love Meg so much. And does she come back? I don't want to spoil anything for you. Please just tell me if she comes back. You don't have to tell me when or how or why. Just tell me, does she return? For anyone who hasn't seen Supernatural before and doesn't want to know the answer to this question, please skip the next 15 to 30 seconds. Yes, she does come back. Yes! fucking love her yeah same i love her so very much she is one of my favorite characters throughout the series yeah no she definitely comes back (laughs) that is really good because i'm like i have a feeling like she's not just in the first season because i've like i've seen things about tumblr yeah and like there have been other characters that i've seen this season like cassie that i've heard nothing about Mm. and like i had a feeling that i wouldn't have heard anything about meg either if she was only a character in the first season to be fair, though, I don't think, um, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure at the very start when I asked you if you knew anything about Meg, I don't think you did. I feel like she was a character who I knew the name of, but I didn't know anything specifically about her. Oh, okay. She she was one of the ones where I was like... Or maybe you I, knew her face, but not like yeah. put a name to it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was a bit like Garth. Like, mm-hmm. like I knew of. of him, but I didn't know anything about him. Oh, and I cannot wait till you meet Garth. You're going to fucking love him. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, no worries. So, about Meg. Yeah? Why do they think torturing her is going to work? That's my question. She's, like, straight up a demon. Why, why would torturing her work? Well, I mean... Like, because Dean fully is going to just, like, straight up torture her like she's a human. Yeah. And like, I, I think, um, first of all, I love that she comes in. She's like, you know, considering everything I've heard about you two, I'm kind of underwhelmed. I'm like, yes, come for their lives. <laughs> But, yeah, actually, I uh, had a note about that, actually. Like, it's Dean's first torture. Look at our little baby growing up. Um, And, actually, I thought it was really interesting. Like, this is the first time in the series that we actually see them actively torturing someone for information. And, like, regardless of the fact that she's a demon, as Bobby points out, she's not just a demon. She is a human being who is innocent in all of this, who is being possessed by a demon, which kind of adds this interesting moral yeah. layer to it, which we haven't thought about before in the because show. Because anything they physically do to the demon, they're also doing to the human. Residing within. Yeah. Yeah. It's the human's body that's being damaged, not the demon's form. Yeah. Um, and as we see in the episode, when the demon is exercised, it just leaves the now broken shell of this poor human girl behind. And we don't even know if her name is Meg. No. Like, we know nothing yeah. about her, really. What I would like to know is, logistically, if they had, say, kept Meg in the devil's trap for, like, another, say, six months or whatever, yeah, would the body have healed in that six months? Because you've also got to remember, it's been a couple of months since she fell off the building. Would delaying the exorcism have given the body time to heal so that the human wouldn't have died? Or was that sort of like a... the Body wasn't healing. It just wasn't stopping because of the demon. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting question. And me knowing more in the series and, like, the difference between, for example, a demon possession versus an an angelic possession. um, As far as I'm aware, in the show, we don't have an instance of a demon healing someone from the inside out. Yeah. If someone is possessed by an angel, often the angel will, or in some circumstances, the angel can heal the human body that they're inhabiting, but they have to consciously do it. Otherwise, they can just kind of keep that body animated. Yeah. But essentially, the person within it is 
dead or is just being kept alive by the presence. In the case of demons, I don't think there is ever an example, and I may be wrong, but from my memory off the top of my head, I don't think there is an example where the demon puts effort into healing its host, essentially. And once it vacates, the quote-unquote meat suit just kind of decays in the way that it would if it had been left alone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, Dean exercising Meg really it actually probably helped the him more than it harmed the the girl living inside. Because at the end of the like when Meg is exercised, you see that the girl who was previously possessed. Meg, the girl who was possessed, is suffering while yeah. she is possessed. So Dean exercising Meg is ultimately Maybe not a good thing, but it's certainly better than just leaving her possessed. Yeah, and it's interesting, actually. We see, like, the little sort of altercation between him, Sam, and Bobby, where Bobby's saying we have to be careful with her because she's a real human being. Um, Sam is sort of saying, well, you know, you see his hesitancy in finishing the exorcism. And Dean actually says to them, you know, Bobby says, that's a human being in there. And Dean says, yeah, and we're going to put them out of their misery. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a really interesting take because, yeah, she's being kept alive and suffering and there is nothing more they can do for her than to let her go and end that for her. And, um, you know, this is just an, another another wound that she's yeah. accumulated over and she actually says, it's been a year since she was possessed. These are only yeah. the injuries that we know of, yeah. let alone anything that's happened that has been off screen or yeah. that has been unrelated. Yeah. At the end of the day, the choice that Dean makes isn't as callous as perhaps the show makes it out to be. Yeah. And I think the one of the reasons is I reckon at this point they hadn't really set up like the law surrounding like what actually happens to a body that is possessed, that is severely injured while it is possessed. Yeah. And whether it would heal itself or if it's just, like, sort of held in stasis while it's possessed. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is the last time we saw a demon possession was in Phantom Traveller and there was the co-pilot and the co-pilot says that he just blacked out. He doesn't even remember getting on the plane. Yeah. But in this instance, she remembered, yeah. she said she felt like she wasn't in control of her body, that she had to watch herself do, all these do these horrible things and she saw all these horrible things and just wasn't able to to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, and so that's a really – it's an interesting angle because we haven't really been yeah. privy to it yet. Obviously, she enjoys torturing the human underneath by making them remember every horrible thing that was done yeah. by her while she was not in control, whereas the demon in Phantom Traveller is obviously less focused on the pain of the body they're in and just the point and of more killing focused them. on killing them. Because, yeah. like, what's the point of causing pain if you're going to kill them anyway? They're not going to remember it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, while we're on this, um, I think it would be probably a good idea to, to continue along the same theme of, like, demons and, and uh, the morality of exorcisms and things. Because Dean, in, later in the episode, shoots and kills another demon uh, who is inhabiting another person. Yeah. And you have this realisation of Dean didn't just kill a demon, he just killed an innocent bystander, a victim, yeah. really. And so it brings up this quandary of, was there a way that he could have not killed the innocent person? Probably. But was it available to him at the time? Also, probably not. And he sort of goes into this state of, I just killed someone, uh, and interestingly, he says to Sam, the thing that bothers him is that he didn't even flinch. He's like, I, it was just, I didn't think about it, I just killed them, and that's the part that concerns him, is that he didn't, it didn't occur to him that this person was any different to anything, any monster he would normally kill. And I just thought that was a really interesting exploration for him as a character. And when he's having that conversation with Sam, John comes up, And so he says all this stuff and he's like, no, you did the right thing. Like, I'm so proud of you. You protected the family. I mean, at this point, John is possessed. Though it is worth noting that possessed John is a better father than normal John. Yeah, it's shocking that the reason that Dean realises John is possessed is because John was quote-unquote proud of him and acknowledged everything that Dean does as his son to look after Sam and him as their family. And Dean's like, that's suspicious. 
why aren't you yelling at me? Why aren't you furious with me? And like, that's the bit that he realizes something's wrong. It's like, yeah. I love a healthy family dynamic. (laughs) Just really satisfying. You know, John is a fantastic father. Couldn't have done any better by his boys. Yeah. Bobby should have shot him. Yeah. But no, so they're in that bit and it's like, well, no, Dean should be concerned about how easy it was to kill people. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe he made the best decision he could make in those circumstances, but also he should be concerned about how easy it was to kill people. Yeah, this is a moral conundrum that we should be focusing on because their whole thing is saving people hunting things and he just killed a person, you know, and he was hunting something, sure, but... He killed the victim. Yes, especially considering there's a good chance if they had managed to exercise the demon, the person underneath would have been fine. It's not like a situation with Meg where it was like, Meg was probably going to die whether you exercised her now or like two weeks from now, she would still probably have died. Like it wouldn't have made a significant difference. She was probably going to die anyway. No, no, this person is still fine. As far as we know, like, obviously there's always the case of maybe this guy has injuries that we don't know about that would have killed him upon exorcism anyway. But there is still a good chance because it is pretty well established that this guy hasn't been possessed for that long. Yeah. Like, it's not like Meg where you know that she's been possessed for at least three or four months, has sustained injuries, that would have killed a normal human being. Like, it is very obvious that... She was going to die. Yeah. It is not likely that this person's going to die because from what they can tell, they're sort of just taking – they're possessing people out of convenience at this point. Yeah, like they're bystanders. Not, they're not long-term possessions. They are short-term possessions. So the chances of them having injuries that would kill them immediately upon exorcism are low. Yeah. I think this is a thing that given the type of show that it is and it's very like guns are blazing kind of thing – I appreciate that they took the opportunity to acknowledge this moral grey area of possession and how it's not just a case of you can just stab and go because these are people and, you know, you have to weigh up a whole bunch of considerations. And I appreciate that they gave Dean's character this opportunity to actually reflect on the magnitude of what's just happened. And actually, this is the first use of a piece of music called Dean's Theme. And the first use of it is... In after that scene where he kills the person who's possessed, who was beating the heck out of Sam, when they drive off, that like it's the scene of the car and then the conversation that he's having with Sam and then with John, that's the first use of Dean's theme. And this is a recurring piece of music that comes through the whole 15 seasons. Um, it's recurrent through this episode and in future episodes. And it's always when Dean is having some sort of emotional moment or some big reveal is made that is specifically important to Dean like it's a piece of music that you can really track through the show and it's basically one of the only pieces of music that I can recognize instantaneously so um yeah it's it's really interesting that they were like this is a really big deal for this character because they didn't necessarily have to to go that hard on it so I didn't notice Dean's thing okay I had heard that there was some recurring piece of music I didn't realize this was one of them what I did notice in sound design, though, is the scene where Sam's being beaten up. The sound design of that <laughs> scene is terrible. Okay. The punching noises? The punching yeah. noises. <laughs> Obviously, they're trying to make it sound like Sam's in real danger here. Like, these punches are hitting really hard. Yeah. They're just slightly off in terms of their timing. But also, the visual element of it doesn't match up with the sound element of it like the punches sound a lot more severe than they They look look. so it just they're really trying to sell it with the sound design but they're like they're trying too hard to sell it it's like if you go to buy a house and the real estate agents like ah yes you know this house is perfectly quiet at all times of the day like it's like you are going a little too overboard on that it's like mm, like mm. you didn't just offhandedly mention it's like a peaceful environment no 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 no. you're going to like the whole extent of like repeating this to me multiple times it's so quiet and peaceful and you're like you go on google maps it's like huh i'm two kilometers from an airport yes (laughs) yeah and it's just like this crazy thing of like they are very clearly trying to make it feel more serious than it is 
And like that would be fine if the visuals matched the sound effects, but the issue is the sound effects sound way more hard hitting. So it's just like this weird disconnect of like mm. you gotta match the levels. Because yeah. they just they don't. Yeah. They don't match. Um I just want to skip backwards a little bit because we've sort of jumped straight into the middle of the episode. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. But before we get on to much further, I want to jump back closer to the start and I want to ask you about Bobby. Okay. What did you want to ask me about Bobby? Just in general, because he's a new character. You, he, he was on my list of recurring yeah. fan favorites, so you know obviously that he sticks around for a little while. Yeah. Um, he is one of my favorite characters and I just want to know, like, obviously he's not in a lot of this episode, but just like first impressions. So one of the first things he says to the boys is about how, like, they're having a conversation about how last time he saw John, like, he threatened to shoot him. him. Yeah. And I would just like to plead Bobby in an alternate timeline to just straight up shoot John. Because I feel like (laughs) that would have solved, like, a lot of problems. In fact, shooting John seems to be the solution to all of the problems. Yeah, it's a big point in this episode. (laughs) If they shot John at the end of the episode, a lot of this would have been avoided. Yeah. Like, um, so much of this would have been avoided. Just shoot John. That's my solution now. Like, yeah. I don't care what else is going on in the plot. Shoot John and it will solve, solve a, a lot of bunch problems. of shit. Yeah. It's like anytime I had a problem, I hucked a Molotov cocktail and suddenly I had a, a different, different problem. problem. Yeah. I feel like if they had just shot John, they would have had a different problem, but it wouldn't have been a, as bad of a problem. Like, yeah. it would have solved more problems than, than it, it caused. caused. Yeah. And I love that um, when Dean says, you know, the last time you saw him, you were going to shoot him. And, John, and Bobby just goes, yeah, John has an effect on people. I just, I love that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, even when you first met John, you were like, I don't know. He just looks like I could punch him, you know? Yeah. And, like, Bobby agrees with you. Bobby's like, yeah, he just looks very shootable. And, I mean, that's probably, like, credit to the actor behind John. Jeffrey like, Dean Morgan? Yeah. Yeah. Very good job. Yeah. Because I have a feeling, like, his character is meant to be the sort of character you look at and you go, I hate you, die. He's, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> the unbridge of supernatural. <laughs> like, he's not meant to be a character that you like. There are some episodes where it's kind of weird, like, they write him like you're meant to like him, but then every other episode immediately refutes that. So I it's think like, um, John is an interesting character because I think, actually, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was asked about after – you know, the show had been going on for a little while. They asked him about, you know, his character. And he actually said that he felt upset or frustrated with the fact, like, where the writers had gone with John because he felt like at the start of the show he was painted as this father who loved his kids but was in a shitty situation and sort of did the best he could. And he said by the end of the show he said John was kind of painted like a villain. And he didn't like that. He liked the complexity of how John was originally. And to be fair, I haven't seen that interview in a while and I could be misremembering or misquoting, so don't hold me to it. But I kind of agree with him because I like the sort of – I like the complexity of John and actually a a lot of these characters are very complex, but I also do think that he was a bad person or, like, not necessarily a bad person, but he was definitely a bad father. Yes. You know? But I feel like there's also a difference between being a human being who's a bad father – who's doing what they think is right but is also just straight up wrong about what is right. Yeah. And just being a straight up villain. So obviously I don't know how John develops in later seasons, but I can see how that can be true because he is almost the villain in this first season. Yeah. But he's also a complex villain. Yeah. He's not just like a one-dimensional, like he was a shitty person. He is a person who is consumed by rage and grief and the need for vengeance. Yeah. And he just, he makes questionable decisions regarding how he goes about that. But you can even, it's one of those things where they do this with the monsters as well, and we've Mm -hmm. talked about this a few times, where even though you're like, this monster is the villain of the episode, you can understand how they ended up in that position, and you can kind of like, even the pilot, and we talk about the woman in white, she was initially the victim yeah and that is you know sort of her quote-unquote villain origin story with john it's almost the same like his villain origin story was mary burning to death and so it's a case of you empathize with why he ended up how he is but you have to understand that also doesn't excuse his behavior yeah and so it's it's a really interesting layered character and also the fact that he's been written by so many different people and they all have their own take and they all include 
different aspects. Like, oh, he was proud of Sam and he went to check on him at Stanford or, you know, he abandoned them for days at a time with Dean as a 10 year old in charge. And, you know, all these sort of different things. And as we get more and more of it through the seasons, when they look back on their, their lives growing up and things. And so it just becomes more and more complex and confusing in some cases. Anyway, back to Bobby. Back to Bobby. <laughs> back to Bobby. Bobby should have shot John. That's, Bobby that's... should have shot John. Um, while we're talking about Bobby, though, I mm-hmm. do want to say something I realised this episode that made me feel really fucking stupid. Okay. Because Bobby says, and I quote, a storm's coming. Yeah. Which made it click in my brain. They're leading to the apocalypse. Like, yeah. <laughs> why else would you describe it as a storm's coming if it's not about the apocalypse? And, like, you've asked me previously, like, where I think they're going with, like, the, the plot. plot. It's the apocalypse. And it made me feel so goddamn dumb because every show like this is leading to the apocalypse. And it was that one line that finally made it click in my head like, oh, it's the apocalypse. Like that is what the main big bad of this season is leading to. I don't know what sort of apocalypse it's leading to. Yeah. But they are looking to create hell on earth. You know, like they are looking for end of days. Yeah, so you you think that's your prediction? For that's my prediction for, for where they're going with this. I don't know the specifics of the apocalypse, but, you're but I have a feeling it's some sort of apocalypse, end of scenario. days scenario that we're leading towards. Fair enough. All so, right. Well, we'll uh, keep that in mind moving forward then. Yes. I'm obviously not going to yay or nay it, it yeah. but yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so we like Bobby. We don't like Bobby. We're neutral like about Bobby. Bobby. We like Bobby. Fantastic. I love Bobby. He's not one of the characters. You know how, like, you know, I saw Meg for the first time. I'm like, fucking love her. Yeah. I saw Missouri for the first time. I was like, I fucking, fucking love, love her. her. Like, not sort of that level, but, like, I certainly, like, I respect Bobby. Yeah. You know? Like, I like him. Yeah. But I feel like he's one of the characters who I'll grow to like more. Yeah. He'll, like, he's he's really one of he's, those grumpy old men that just kind of grows on you like yeah. an old wart. <laughs> yeah. Not, like, instant, like, new favourite character, like... Yeah. But certainly a character that I, I'm excited to see more of. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you love Bobby. I also love how he... His dynamic with Sam and Dean, I really love that it's very warm. And, like, very, like, lighthearted and very sort of – I think warm is probably the best word I can use to describe it. Like, he obviously cares about them. And um, I love – he's just, like – he gives them a little bit of shit, too. He's like, what, you guys think you invented lying to the cops? Like, come on. Like, you know, and they're like, yeah, I guess, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's even just evident from this first episode where you see Bobby, though, that he's a far more competent hunter than John. Oh, he Just, just straight up. Because – Sam's like, wow, I've never seen, like, a demon trap. Like, Mm. it's like, well, what the fuck was John teaching you? Yeah, you'll learn. uh, Bobby has, like, just a wealth of knowledge. Specifically demons. They're almost, like, his specialty. A bit like how, um, what's his name? Was a vampire. vampire? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you'll learn a little bit more about Bobby and his backstory and, like, how he came to be a hunter as the show goes on and it'll make a bit more sense. Yeah. But, um... Also, the devil's trap on the ceiling. Genius, right? Genius. Fantastic idea. Yeah. And you know that came from Bobby. Oh, yeah. That thing would have already been up there. Like, they wouldn't have done that in preparation for Meg. That's been there for, like, I want to say probably 20 years. Like, (laughs) Bobby is prepared. Yes. For everything. And, oh, God, I just love him so much as a character. He's so fun and he's so just... He's, like, the real, like, he looks gruff, but he's, like, the biggest teddy bear. Yeah. And, he yeah, he's just a really good, fun character. And, he, yeah, it's full of stuff like that where it's sneaky, you yeah. know, and it gets quite clever in how they, like, coerce and trap various beings and things. It's very fun. I think it's just also really reflective of, like, the different hunting strategies. John is sort of, like, a brute force hunter. Guns are blazing. Guns are blazing. He goes in, he shoots, like, and you can really see... Like, the difference between that approach and, say, Bobby's approach, where it's like, oh, we're going to, like, trap them. We're going to go smart it. We're going to be prepared. We're going to have a plan. Like, we're going to actually put some thought into how we're going to kill this and not just go in guns a-blazing. And you can really see, like, even the way, like, Sam just takes to Bobby. Like, Sam would be this sort of hunter probably. Yeah. Sam would be more similar to how Bobby hunts than how John hunts. And I reckon Dean would also... Uh, closer to Bobby's method 
than John's method. The issue is John has imprinted so hard on these kids, the only solution is to go in hard and fast. Yeah. Like, don't take any time to think about it. Shoot first, ask questions later. Yes. Yeah. And it's, like, it's so sad because, like, these, they they could be so much more safe about how they hunt. They could be so much more prepared. Yeah. They could be such better hunters if John had taught them properly. Properly. Yeah. And I think that partially comes down to the fact that John was learning on the go because he didn't know about the supernatural until Mary died. So by the time he was hunting, like, he was hunting with, like, no information, basically. Like, Missouri had to tell him about hunting and then a lot of the contacts that we meet through John's journal. So, for example, Caleb and Pastor Jim and Bobby, actually. um, And in future episodes, there are other characters, uh, Ellen is one who you'll meet, I'm fairly sure, very soon in season two, um, who were the ones who taught John things. But he was already on the road with his kids at this point. So he's kind of learning on the fly, whereas these people had the opportunity, like Bobby, for example, is situated in one place and he's just sort of hunting things in his general area, whereas John was like all over the country looking for this one specific demon. So I think... But also, it, it also comes into that. It baffles me though that he would meet Bobby, and like obviously he knows Bobby. Bobby is trying to shoot him. <laughs> yeah, Bobby um, knows him well. Clearly, Bobby <laughs> knows him well. He has obviously met Bobby, right? He obviously learned some things from Bobby. He obviously knows that Bobby specializes in demons. Why would he not just settle down for like a month or two to learn from Bobby? Why wouldn't he take the time to actually? work with Bobby and sit down with Bobby and say, I've said Bobby a lot in that last sentence. <laughs> Why wouldn't you take the time to sit down with him and just go, you special, like you hunt a lot of demons. I think I'm hunting a demon. Like what is, like what, what tools could I use against the demon? Yeah. Why? John and Bobby don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, as you sort of alluded yeah. to, like they have very different tactics and not that John doesn't have a tactical side. We see it, um, you know, throughout bits and pieces of the show. Like it's not that he always goes in guns are blazing, but Bobby, as you say, he is more of a like, think it through. Let's have a plan. Let's make sure we have the most understanding possible. And they also have a very different approach to, how Sam and Dean should have been treated through their childhood. So that I would assume the reason why maybe John and Bobby weren't as close as they could have been and why John didn't spend more time with Bobby is that I assume Bobby would not have approved of a lot of, well, I say assume, I know Bobby would not have and did not approve of the way John was raising his kids. So that kind of tension wouldn't yeah. sit well for a long term to know. be fair if he had done that and he had actually learnt from Bobby for longer than obviously like a couple of days yeah or just calling him like hey yeah. what's this cool bye if he had done that he probably would have been a better father as well because mm. he would have actually thought something through and not just like put his kids in dangerous situations yeah for no reason mm. like that would have changed him as a character yeah but still like why would you not at least try to take advantage of the resources that you have at hand yeah yeah and it just i think you're gonna really like um seeing how bobby becomes involved in the show um because he's yeah he really is just a wealth of knowledge and he is irreplaceable in terms of like his experience and his impact as well on on the boys and on the show. And I think you're going to really like to see that. I will point out that his name, Robert Singer, he's named after one of the like executive producers of the show um, who also directs a few episodes and who is kind of notorious for not being great. (laughs) Um, So, and it's, it's one of those ego things. It's like you named the character, after yourself like oh a bit like how like there's like little cryptic key bloody like in there's the 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 parking lot there's like the number plate this is the crypt yeah yeah so it's one of those things where it's kind of like an easter egg but it's also sort of like really you named the character 
Robert Singer. Yeah. This is literally your name. One thing I want to quickly say before we move on from the topic of Bobby. Yeah. I just want to put a quick little moment of silence for Rumsfeld, the dog, who we see at the very beginning of the episode is asleep on the bonnet of the car. And then that's how we know that Meg is there because we hear Rumsfeld. And then it is heavily implied that she kills the dog because suddenly the dog is missing, not on the chain, and he goes quiet and you hear the, like, yelp. And so I just want to say, Rumsfeld, R.I.P., I love you. What a good doggo. How when do you know the dog's name? Because Bobby goes, Rumsfeld. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just I just want to, you know, all dogs go to heaven. I love Thank you, God. Rumsfeld. I'm sorry. Um, it's the only thing I'll ever hold against Meg. Um, <laughs> is she killed Bobby's dog. And that makes me very sad. That's the last thing I wanted. I just wanted okay. to throw that in there. Because I'm always sad when a dog dies, so. More so than people. Also, R.I.P. Meg. (laughs) Or maybe don't rest in peace. Maybe rest in the flames of hell, I guess. I feel like, though, when they're torturing Meg, Dee makes a comment of, like, you're going to, like, burn in hell or something. And, like, that really confused me. Because I'm pretty sure, like, demons don't burn in hell. They kind of live uh, there. Yeah, it's like their house. Actually, one thing that's always kind of confused me about the show in general, actually, is something they kind of keep coming back to, is they tell demons and things like, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, they're already dead. Like, essentially. Like, when you, like, exercise a demon, you're not killing it. You're sending it back to hell. Like, they didn't kill the demon that was Meg. They just just exercised her. They just, like, sent her home. They basically put her in timeout. I was going to say, like, house arrest. Yeah, essentially. Essentially. And later on they established that it's, like, quite difficult for them to get out of hell. So I guess that's, like, a thing. But also it's, like, house arrest. Yeah. You know, it's not... You're not killing them. You know, it's a threat when they say that they're going to kill you. Yeah. It's not a threat when you say you're going to kill them. And actually, even in the end of this episode, when... Dean is talking to a possessed John. He says, I like, I swear to God. And he goes, What? What are you and God gonna do? Which, oof. Whole other thing. Big, that's a huge can of worms that we aren't gonna touch yet. But what a, what a line uh, to throw in there. But yes, no, the concept of killing something that's like kind of already dead doesn't really make any sense no. to me. And they do it, they kind of say it a lot. They're like, I'm gonna kill you, you know? And it's like, how? But are like, you, though, while we're talking about killing things, John should be dead. Yes. He got shot with the gun that kills anything. Yes. Even though it was in the leg, John should be dead. Mm-hmm. Like, so should the demon. So should the demon. Like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, they don't What is this logic? Him. Yeah, I know. And it's this... On Sam's part, it's kind of smart because it's like, well, we have to shoot John, but we can't shoot John, obviously. And so... He's like, well, I'll shoot to wound, which is, like, I think quite a smart way to go. But, yeah, you make a great point. Like, this gun is supposed to just kill anything. Previously, it's been shown that it doesn't really matter where you shoot them. Well, I think, actually, every death previously was shot in the head, which I guess is, like, a kill shot. shot. But it's sort of, for me, it's like, if you say this is a gun that can kill anything, I I assume it doesn't really matter how you hit them, it will kill them. Yeah. It's kind of like um, in Bugs when they, like, escape the curse and they don't actually explain how the fuck they escape the curse. Yeah. Similar situation. They just They're just like, we just, well, it wasn't a kill shot, so it lived. Yeah. Uh, it just, like, wounded it. But, yeah, it doesn't. Like, John should be dead. Like, for me, that doesn't make any sense. For mm. him to be shot with the gun that kills anything and not die. die. Yeah. because like, the way I interpreted this weapon is... It has special magical properties, which means anything that is shot with it will die. Yeah, and we even see the like little lightning sparks yeah. that like branch out from the point of entry. So you would assume that it's gonna do yeah. more damage than you know just any old bullet wound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. Okay, so before we get too deep into that, I do want to do my PSA, so I don't leave it to very last this week. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have any ideas this week what my PSA is going to be? I thought this one was a really obvious PSA. Um, so much happens in this episode. Um, praise your children? No. <laughs> um, I don't, I mean, I don't that know. That could be, like, 
applicable to any episode. True, true. No, very specific to this episode. I don't know. Okay, this week, my PSA. Ready? I'm ready. Late on me. Don't pull the fucking fire alarm unless there's a fire. (laughs) Do you know, I thought it might be something to do with that, <laughs> but I was like, oh, but in like, that was like a good idea, really, like on their behalf. But yes, no, in real life, yeah, don't pull a fire alarm unless there's a fucking fire. It pulls resources away from actual fucking fires. Yeah. It wastes a whole bunch of money and a whole bunch of people's time. Like, I understand in this case, they did have a valid reason to pull yeah. the fire alarm. But like... In general. In general, there's... <laughs> There's very rarely a good enough reason to pull a fire alarm that isn't, like, an actual emergency. Mm, mm-hmm. It's almost like pushing, like, the emergency stop on a train because you, like, left your luggage at a station. Yeah. And it's like, that's not an emergency. Also, Jared Padalecki did do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I was like, that's a weirdly specific example, Beth. <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's why. It's topical. Um Speaking of the scene with the apartments and they pull the fire alarm, which I'll stand by as a plan. Very good. A really convenient, clever way of sorting out who's a human and will run from a fire and who is not a human and doesn't give a shit. And also in this case, it is actually kind of an emergency. Yeah. So it doesn't break my PSA. Yeah. (laughs) They had a good reason. Um, But I really just love the little add-in of Dean being like, I always wanted to be a fireman when I grew up. Because it's like, it's a, like, it's kind of like a funny, like, oh, like, throwaway line, like, kids want to be firefighters when they grow up. But it's also like, oh my god, because of the fire, like, he wanted to be a firefighter because of his mom dying in the fire. And it's like, oh, like, it's a funny line, but it's also like, oh, baby. <laughs> but also, he's the sort of person who probably could have grown up to become a fireman if, if... John wasn't an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, they were still wearing their jeans. Did you notice? Like, they had the top of the fire suit disguise, but they didn't bother putting pants on. So it was just their normal jeans and then, like, the top of the firefighting suit. It's like, guys, like, either commit or don't commit, but you can't just half-ass it. Like That's like if in um, Phantom Traveler they'd worn, like, the suit jacket, but yeah. they'd like, a button-down shirt or, like, the actual pants. Yeah. You just had, like, the jacket on. Yeah, they had, like, a full suit, but then they just had, like, sneakers. <laughs> also... A quick note about the scene in the building. Throughout this episode, and I think the last couple, they keep using salt as, like, a demon, like, repellent. I don't know if, you know, because we we learn in this episode that not every demon repelling thing works on every demon. There's, like, a hierarchy and the more powerful they are, the less things work kind of thing. Which, by the way, when the, like, main demon, like, the one with the yellow eyes is, like, oh, like, we we did the holy one and he's, like, I got, like... Like, I'm not like other girls' vibes from yeah. <laughs> Like I'm not like other demons. You really thought holy water would work on me? Oh, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, it's sort of this like, oh, there's like a hierarchy and the more powerful demons, like the lower level stuff doesn't work against, yeah. which is fine. Thinking on it, I, I kept being surprised that they were using salt because I'm used to the later seasons. Yeah. But I don't think they use salt against demons in the later seasons. They use them for ghosts. Yeah. But I genuinely, like, thinking about the latter seasons, I'm like, I don't remember them using salt and i don't know if it's just because they're coming up against more like important demons and like the salt doesn't work i genuinely can't remember or maybe they just got like new methods that are more effective than salt yeah but it just like i was watching this like did they used to use salt like i forgot that they used salt with demons in my mind i was like yeah ghosts you know but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I feel like there's something that we should maybe pay attention to and see, like at what point they stop doing that. the evolution of salt. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Um, because I swear to God, like I don't think they use it in the later seasons. I really don't. I could not tell you. Not that there's. I mean, I guess in these couple of seasons, like the demons are kind of the biggest bad they're up against. Yeah. So maybe it's just that they deal less with demons in later seasons. But like that, that's kind of true. They don't deal with demons in the same way. But like. I don't know. I just, anyway, I just thought that that might be worth something to like keep an eye on, like whether or not they keep using salt, because I just don't think they do. I really just quickly want to point out as well, like you would have heard about like Carry On Wayward Son being like the unofficial supernatural song. They put it as a recap song for every single season finale, except season one. I completely forgot. I started playing the finale, waiting for the Carry On Wayward Son to start, and it's a different song. This is the only season finale where they don't use that song. I couldn't tell you because I skipped the recap. 
<laughs> but like you know, I don't want to watch more Supernatural than I have to. <laughs> but it's like this iconic thing, and you know how you mentioned you didn't realize how many iconic things come from like the yeah. first season, the first couple of episodes. I forgot that this was one of the things that didn't start in the very first yeah. season. I was like, "Fuck! I've got to, I've got to watch a whole another season before we get to Kansas." Anyway, I just, um, I, I feel just... like they've been to Kansas at some point. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Lawrence. Um, you know, but yeah, I just thought I just couldn't believe it. I was like, "Oh my god!" I completely forgot they didn't use that song for the first season, and I just it threw me for a minute. Again, I skipped the recaps because I I've watched it all recently enough that I don't need to watch the recaps. Yeah. And also, like, I'm not watching more Supernatural than I have to. Well, I mean, to be fair, I also usually skip the recaps because I'm like, I've seen this a million times. But it was but... the season finale and you were like, I want to listen to Kansas. Well, yeah, usually. And usually you get the first couple of seconds before you have the option yeah. to skip the intro anyway. And I was like, what is this music? I was like, this is the wrong song. <laughs> I was like, am I watching the right episode? Like, this is the finale, right? And yeah, it was just, they just didn't use it. I can't believe it. But I think it starts in at the end of the second season, so you got that to look forward to. Wow. I know. I'll skip it. <laughs> okay, I think moving on from whatever that was. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about how John is possessed. Yeah. Yes. But like, has been possessed since they saved him. Yeah. Because the holy water didn't work. Mm-hmm. Didn't indicate the demon because too it's powerful to too be strong. detected by holy water. Yeah. But literally, when it's possessed. I didn't, like, this is before it's revealed that he's possessed and he's mm-hmm. going to, like, Dean, like, oh, give me the gun. This time I won't, like, I won't miss. Like, yeah. I'm a good shot. It's like, yeah, like, you missed the fucking Striga. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we have established you're not actually that good of a shot. Like, uh, I, uh, yeah, I think I really love the reveal that they do that John's possessed because you can kind of see the, like, suspicion on Dean's face and we mentioned at the top of the episode like John like praising Dean and Dean being like what the fuck like no that's not right and then him being you can sort of see it in his posture he kind of sits up and he's kind of like what are you why aren't you yelling at me like you're proud of me since fucking when you've never told me you're proud of me you know and you can and the fact that John says like oh you know, you do so much for this family. And like, Dean's like... Like, you made the right you've... choice wasting a bullet. Like, blah, blah, Yeah, blah, blah, blah. and Dean's like, looking at him like, you're... That doesn't seem right. And then the point for me where I think it becomes obvious that it's not John is the way that the lines are delivered. There's, like, one particular line that comes out a little bit, like, forced, almost, like, robotic. And I think it's the one where he says... um give me the gun, son, or something like that. Or it's like, hand it over now, son. It's the line that ends in son. And it just, it doesn't sound like John. But I think, like, up to that point, it's it's ambiguous enough that it's not obvious, obvious. But I just think it says, it speaks volumes that what gives it away is that he's too nice to Dean. I think it's also, like, to me, like, I was very suspicious of John. Mm. But then I was a bit, like, also, because of the way they've done this first season and, like, some episodes are, like, really heavy on the John apologism mm. versus others. I'm, like, maybe this is just, like, a different writer's take yeah. on John, which, like, happens a lot. Like, yeah. the difference between, like, the John they talk about in, like, Phantom Traveler versus, like, the John they talk about in, like, Skin. Skin. Yeah. So it's – or even, like, a nightmare. Yeah. Like, the way they portray John is so – Contradictory. Yeah, and a little bit flip-floppy. Yeah through the first season so I'm like oh maybe this is just like another case of like the writers decided to do something different but it's also like that's it's a weird change to make yeah and a weird time to do it yeah yeah what I think is also interesting about that scene is Sam comes back like he walks back into the room and suddenly Dean has a gun trained on John and Sam's like what is happening and Sam has to make a choice he either trusts John or he trusts Dean and he trusts Dean like he doesn't trust John in that situation he's like if I'm going to back someone, I'm going to back my brother. And I think that's like an important moment for their relationship as siblings as well. It's kind of a, no, it's it's me and Dean against, like, if I had to choose. And it's funny because Dean's only explanation is he just, he's different. Like, yeah. he has no other reason to give Sam except for I just know that he's not dad. Especially considering he hasn't actually acted that different towards Sam. Yeah. It's only really been towards Dean. Because he's always, he's more open with Sam than he is with Dean. Yeah, and actually, generally speaking, even when, you know, it's revealed that he's been possessed, you know, and actually, it's it's hard because you say, you know, they should have shot him and 
it could be argued, yeah, they should have. But, you know, even when he says, you know, if you go, you're so sure, like, go ahead and shoot me. And it's like, the problem is Dean is sure, but also to shoot the demon means he's shooting his dad and he can't do it. You know, we've established in these last couple of episodes, Dean cares more about keeping his family together than he does about killing the demon. And if he kills the demon in this instance, he's going to kill his dad. And it's just, he can't justify it, you know? And also, I guess, like, in that situation, you can't be 100% sure, but, like... While we're talking about, like, Dean and John, there Mm -hmm. is a bit at the start of the episode where Dean literally says, I don't care what Dad wants. Which is a huge flip. Which is huge. Yeah. Insane. He's like, I don't... When they're talking about bringing the gun in or not bringing the gun. Yeah. And Sam's like, no, we shouldn't bring this weapon that they are now torturing and killing people to try and find directly to them where they can... Mm. And do you know what's funny about that scene is I agree with Sam from a tactic standpoint. Mm. I agree with Dean from a like emotional standpoint. Yeah. And it's like, do you remember I said a few episodes ago... They give you moments within the show where, like, the two brothers have opposing views and you kind of have to, like, morally side with one. It's one of those moments for me where I'm like, Sam's right, but also, like, I completely understand where Dean's coming from. Yeah. And it's just this, like... But I so and I, I'm sitting there going, like, Dean, did you, like, break out in hives to say that? Like... Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you have heart palpitations now? Like, you are you okay? <laughs> You've just completely dismissed what your dad wants. Like, that is something yeah. I've never seen you do before. Like It's funny. I think it's because it's life or death for John. I think if it wasn't, then he would follow John to the T. But because it's like, well, in this instance, dad might die. He's like, I don't care. Dad being alive trumps everything else. And um, it is interesting, though, because we're coming right off the back of last episode where we had that flip from the pilot, where we started off in the pilot with... Dean getting furious with Sam for saying, you know, it doesn't matter what we do. Mum's never coming back. And then last episode we had Dean say, it doesn't matter what we do. Mum and Jess aren't coming back. And it is interesting, like coming off the back of that, we now also have Sam who's determined to do what John wants because what he wants aligns with John, but it's not what aligns with what Dean wants. And so they're sort of at odds and it's almost like an inverse of where they were at the start of the season with Sam who's like, we have to do what dad would want us to do. And Dean's like, but that's not what's in our like his best interest or our best interest as a family. We need to look after each other before anything else. No, while we're talking about possessed John, Mm -hmm. uh, there's also something the demon says while he's looking like John. Yeah. About how, like, Sam was targeted. Yeah. And, like, how he chose the children. So that tells me that the children had psychic abilities before the mothers were killed and don't have psychic abilities because the mothers were killed. Mm, Okay. You're looking at me like maybe I've grown a second head. No, I'm looking at you because I think it's interesting. I want to hear what you have to say about that. I don't think I wrote down the exact quote, but he says... Uh, he has plans for Sam and the other children. Yes. Is that the one you're talking about? He I says wrote it down. He yeah. has plans for Sam and the other children, which tells me that maybe these abilities were already... Established. Established before they were targeted. Yeah. And that targeting the mothers... Was like a bystander. Was of. a choice to destabilize their childhoods. Mm. It is a choice to put these children in the positions he wants them to be in so that he can more easily manipulate. That's a really, really cool thing for you to bring up, and I want you to keep that in mind going into season two. Because when he asked the demon, like, why did the demon kill Jess? Yeah. He said that, like, that was... Because Sam wasn't going to do what he wanted Sam to do. Yeah. Because despite the fact he killed Mary, because Sam had Dean, Sam grew up relatively happy. Stable. Like as as happy as you can be when you've got someone like John as a father. Yeah. Because he had Dean, Dean compensated so heavily that Sam was still, before Jess died, Sam was still fairly stable. He had a happy life. He was going to college. Like, he was about, like, they also reveal he was about to propose to Jess. Yeah, he was like, going to be a civilian. He was going to be a civilian. He was... Out of the life. He was out of the life. He was pretty well free and clear. Yeah. So it's it answers the question that I had, like, last week of, like, well, why did they kill Jess? Yes. And the reason they killed Jess is it was not as I had sort of, like, begun to suspect that... Killing the mothers created these psychic abilities within the children. Yeah. No, the children already had the psychic abilities and killing the mothers was to guide the children onto the path that this entity wants. Yeah, that's it's really, really interesting to hear you say that. And I, I it's funny because 
I'm not going to give you like a solid like yes or no, you're right or wrong. But I think it's cool that that's like the thought process that you've gone down. Because I remember when I watched this for the first time, like that was not something that had occurred to me. But it's a very interesting like way to look at the situation. And I feel like it's a it's a very cool theory, especially going into this next season. And I think like definitely keep those thoughts in mind going into season two. It is really sad that we get the reveal that Sam was going to ask Jess to marry him. And I just want to quickly like touch on that a little bit because the demon has never possessed Sam which means the demon wouldn't have a way of knowing that if Sam wasn't being watched and I just want to put that out there as well like while we're talking about how the demon like has plans for Sam and these other children that he mentions as you say like the demon's trying to like maybe put them in positions and obviously they've been being watched for a while because Dean didn't know that Sam was going to propose And if anyone was going to know, it should have been Dean. John absolutely wouldn't have known. And because the demon hasn't possessed Sam and hasn't had access to his thoughts and is currently possessing John, who wouldn't have known, that means that the demon had other intel. So it's like another interesting thing to just like, they don't outright say that Sam was being observed, but how else would the demon have known that? without being reported back to or having seen Sam actually actively shopping for rings. But also, if you're coming from a framework of, like, where I'm currently at in my thinking of, like, these children are targeted for a reason and their lives have been interfered with to put them in specific spots Mm. and specific, like, emotional states and specific stages of their life. Yeah. It makes sense that they would be monitoring these children. Yeah. It does not make sense for them to do, you know, to kill the mothers off. And then just, so, like, be like, and then just off be you like, go. Off you go, do, do what you want. Yeah. Um, and it's also sort of implied by the way that they then killed Jess. Like, yeah. if they had just killed Mary and then, like, that was the extent of them meddling in Sam's life, why would they have killed Jess? Yeah. Which also... I think it brings up an interesting other question to think about, which yeah. you haven't mentioned, and I don't know if you've even thought about this, so maybe I might I'm, I'm, I might be about to blow it. your mind, but <laughs> what else has the demon meddled in, in Sam's life? Yeah. What other things has he caused? Is it possible that the demon could be partially responsible for Sam being targeted by the Strieger? Yeah. Okay, I see where you're going. So, like, really, like, retconning a lot of things, like... like what in Sam's childhood and then early adulthood, what can be attributed to the demon trying to push Sam onto the path that he wants Sam on? I really want you to keep these things in mind going into the next couple of seasons because it will, like, you'll get answers to those questions, essentially. It is a very complex arc of yeah. the story and... I don't want to give anything away or spoil anything, but it is definitely worth keeping in mind how present has this influence been, what was orchestrated in their lives, which they didn't necessarily realise at the time was orchestrated, and also how long has this been going on that this was orchestrated? Because it's definitely a layered situation. And I think like the thought train that you're on at the moment I think it'll be really interesting for you to keep that in mind. And I keep saying this, but like keep it in mind going into the next season. So no, the implication for me there is I don't think this demon is just messing in their lives like once or twice. Like I think that it's probably more of a, a constant. More constant monitoring and manipulation that it's been engaged in for quite a while yeah because it doesn't make sense that it would just be like one and done yeah and i obviously obviously it's not just sam obviously it's not just the telekinetic kid in nightmare either yeah it is a whole unknown amount of of children that it is manipulating and some of them will obviously require more manipulation than others Mm -hmm. but Obviously, he is trying to put them in specific positions. Yeah. It's very, um, the way you're describing it, it very much feels like uh, tactical. Yes. Like it's almost like a game of chess where you're trying to manipulate the players into specific positions because you're thinking four steps ahead. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it it is a very layered and complex plot line. 
it's more delved into in season two. Yeah. And I personally think season two is a really strong season, specifically the overarching plot and the way that it develops. And there are also some amazing standalone episodes and I'm really excited to get into season two. I think you're going to like it a lot. But yes, I uh, I definitely think you're going to enjoy watching this particular plot line unfold. It is one of my favorite plots in the whole series. So I It's would... also, like I was saying before, like the manipulations aren't just like one and done. Mm. But also... I even completely forgot there's more manipulations that we know that they have done with Sam. Meg. Meg's entire storyline. Manipulation of Sam. Yeah. To try and get him. And remember. Where they want him. Remember when I was, we were talking about, I think it's Scarecrow was the first episode with Meg. And I was talking to you about how I thought it was really interesting that the way she tries to like bond and form a connection with Sam is by ostracizing him from his family. Yes. And by talking about how she can relate to him being othered. Yeah. You know, and making him feel like, yeah, you know, I I don't like my family and I do want to go my separate ways, you know, and this is kind of yeah. another, you can see where it's been put in his head, like they're sowing the seeds. Like they're trying to make him relate more to them than to his own family. Yeah. And actually you even see it again in this scene where John is possessed and he's torturing uh, Dean and he actually says to him something that we touched on. Last episode, which I hope has been left in, otherwise this point will make no sense, that Sam, like, the the demon says Sam's John's favourite. Yeah. Even when they're arguing, it's more concern than he's ever showed you. Yeah. And I understand, obviously, that this is the demon trying to drive that wedge and trying to, like, he's manipulating them and trying to make them feel like shit. But also, it's another one of those things like Skin and like Asylum where... They're possessed or they're being impersonated and they're saying something that we know they would never say out loud. But also I think there is some truth to it and that's why it stings. Because if they didn't think it or they didn't have a reason to believe it, it wouldn't hurt. You, They'd be able to just be like, that's bullshit. But the fact that there is a shred of like doubt, the fact that they think it might be true, that's why it hurts and that's why it's effective. And so I think that as well is just another instance of this demon trying to drive a wedge between the brothers and sort of, and and John really, and try and force them to be separate, you know, and force them to have those little bits of doubt about their relationships with each other. Which further proves my theory that they're stronger together than they are if they fucking split up. Yeah. Yeah. If they were not stronger together, why the hell would they be trying so hard to drive a wedge yeah. Between the brothers and between John and his sons. Yeah. And then John is fucking disappointed in Sam and even says that he's, like, surprised at him that Sam didn't shoot him. And, like, you know, we could have ended this and, like, why didn't you just shoot me? And it's kind of like, dude, like, you poor kids can't fucking win. Like, if they shot you, they would have just killed their only, like, other family member left to them. They still should have just shot John. Yes. But, like, can you imagine, like, the emotional, like, if you'd... Or what if he'd shot him, but, like, somehow, like, the demon was, you know... The demon managed to get out before it killed him, but yeah, John yeah. managed to die anyway. Exactly. And then they would have wasted the last bullet, and it's like a whole... The fact that John, like, chastises Sam for not shooting him, uh, they just they just can't fucking win. I do have a question. Mm-hmm. When they're in the apartment... Trying to rescue John. Yes. They fight the two demons, right? Yeah, and they lock him in the cupboard. They, but there's two demons. Yeah. Right? So there's the one that, like, I think it's Dean's leaning. No, Sam's leaning against the door and Dean, like, does the soul. Or uh, Sam's leaning against the door and Dean or does the other. Yeah. One or, I don't know which way it is, right? So uh-huh. they do that to the first demon. But what happens to the second? They're, they're, both, just, they're both in the cupboard. They're both in the same yeah, cupboard? Yeah, I think they throw I the guy in and then they push... cupboards. No, I think they push the guy in and then they, like, reopen the door and shove the woman in after him and then... I think, oh, okay. I think it's, I a thought, bit, it's shot a bit funny. Yeah. I thought they were, like, separate cupboards. I'm like, okay, yeah, you've seen one in the soul. The other one's just, like, vibing. <laughs> the other one's just, like, vibing. Like, no, I'm also, gonna, what happens if they just, like, try to open the door and it disrupts the salt line? Like, yeah. why didn't they do a slightly bigger salt line so that the door doesn't, like, knock it out? Yeah. Well, and it comes back to me being, I don't even think they fucking use salt in later seasons for the demon. So I think that whole bit's a little bit funny. And again, they could have just used the hula hoop. Again, yes, exactly. They could have just, like, thrown a hula hoop around them, like, ring toss. 
Um, actually, the comedic potential though of just using demons, like <laughs> just throwing toss. hula hoops at them. Um, one thing that I uh, did want to uh, mention as well about the scene in the apartments is like when the second two demons like burst in when they're trying to carry John out, and like they're like back up into the bedroom, and like Sam like does that little tiny lock, and as he like locks it with his little click, suddenly the axe just comes through the door in a very like uh, Silence of the Lambs esque. <laughs> See, I was thinking The Shining. Like, fucking The Shining. That's what I meant. Like, here's Johnny. That's exactly, that's what I meant. I meant that. Um, Yeah, so Sam flicks the lock and then the axe comes through, very Shining-esque. And, um, you know, it's it's so funny to me because it's like this little tiny click, like, ah, yes, we've locked the door. Now we're safe. And then they're like, lol, (laughs) axe beats lock, you know, or axe beats door. Um, Then rock, paper, scissors, variant. Yeah, exactly. I just thought that was like a funny moment. And actually, speaking of one beats the other... I think it's safe to say giant cross-country truck beats 1967 Chevy Impala. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so obviously the the end of the episode, we see the Impala being T-boned by this giant truck that's driven by a possessed man. Uh, And that's kind of the cliffhanger that the season finale is left on. Did you have any thoughts about that at all? Don't drive while possessed. (laughs) You've heard of don't drink drive, kids. Have you heard of don't possessed drive? Um, no, I just thought you might have something to say about like um, using it as like a cliffhanger tactic. I know some people don't really like cliffhangers at the end of seasons. I personally am neither here nor there about it, but I was just wondering Look, if you had I don't mind a cliffhanger at the end of a season if I know it's coming back for another season. Yeah. If it's not coming back for another season, I'm a bit like, I don't love them. And like some of my favorite shows, like they, they sort of make – what I think is a very, maybe not revolutionary choice, but they make a very different choice to purposely never end on a cliffhanger. Like some of my favourite shows. Just in case, yeah. Like they just, they know that ending on a cliffhanger is a great way to entice people to return for a, a new season. Yeah. But they also know that they can be incredibly unsatisfying ways to end an entire show if they are not renewed. Yeah. So... I uh I don't mind cliffhangers one way or the other. I feel like some cliffhangers are better than other cliffhangers. I don't know. I, I understand that they're more frustrating when you have like months to wait between. between seasons. Yeah. Which was not the case for me with this episode and Season two. Season two. It's not gonna be a long wait right. between episodes. Like I'm not gonna have like two or three or four months yeah he'll even like six months hiatus before i get to see the next season yeah that's not gonna be my case so it doesn't drive me quite as batty as it does sometimes but no i did i didn't mind it as a cliffhanger Hmm. maybe not the most creative cliffhanger i've ever seen yeah although props to the demons because like i don't know i guess you wouldn't usually think of weaponizing a truck you know, I mean, like, I feel, one I feel way like, to get them. <laughs> I feel like this is a bit like a, the conversation we had in Bugs where we were like, why would they send bees? Why don't yeah. they like a bear? This is like the demon's version of sending a bear. Yeah. I also love, you know, I think you mentioned uh, actually in one of the first episodes when your PSA was don't talk on the phone while driving. And you said, you know, if you managed to survive your whole life going through all these deadly dangerous hunts and you didn't die, but you died because you were on the phone while driving. And it's funny because I actually forgot that this was how the season ended. And I was watching this and I was like, man, how pissed would Jamie be if this is how they died? <laughs> um, just, you know. The... You used the wrong word there. It's not pissed, it's relieved. Because <laughs> then that would be all I had to watch. Oh, dear. Um, anyway, if that was everything that you wanted to talk about yeah. for that one, it's probably going to be a bit of a longer episode just yeah. because it was the season finale. Um, and so much happened. Just as a quick notice we're gonna do an intermediary episode on just general wrap-up and thoughts about season one as a whole so keep an eye out for that i'm not sure if we're gonna release it at the same time as this episode or in the middle but just for now how would you rate this episode out of five okay so i think i'm gonna give this episode a three and a half out of five like it was good it was a solid episode but it's certainly not my favourite episode of the season. You know yeah. what I mean? And so much happens. So much happens. It's a good episode. It's just not like... I don't know. I think it was a bit too plot heavy to be my favourite. I'm realising as the like as I watch more of the show, yeah. my favourite episodes are the ones that have like almost no plot. Like, I don't... <laughs> I'm realising I don't want plot. I just want like character moments linked together 
By, like, a cohesive storyline. Yeah, like, that's exactly why I watched the show. Honestly, the plot is so secondary to my enjoyment of the show. So much of what I love is the characters and their interactions versus the actual plot and what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just because this episode was, like, very much, like, plot heavy. Yeah. It wasn't my favourite. Yeah. No, that's absolutely fair. It wasn't a bad episode, though. It wasn't, like, bugs or something. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, the next episode, the first se- uh, the first episode of season two is called In My Time of Dying. Do you have any predictions going into that episode? Hopefully. I'm, I'm hoping against hope here. Yeah. In My Time of Dying means that John's finally going to succumb to the bullet wound from the <laughs> gun that kills everything. That should fucking kill him because, like, at the end of this episode, he's still, like, alive, kind of. Right? Yeah. He's, he's alive enough to be conversing with Sam. Sam. He's more alive than Dane. Yes. Yeah. So I want John to, like, I want John to die, essentially. Like, this is, if you've just listened to the last, like, 50-odd minutes of this podcast, yeah. you know, in my opinion, it is very strongly that John should be dead. Yeah. Like, he can die. Yeah. <laughs> he like, can die and you can live on happily. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I hope that in my time of dying refers to John, but, like, considering the cliffhanger, I think it's pretty safe to assume that they're going to deal with that cliffhanger. Yeah, they're not just going to, like, bounce back from that and be like, it's well, not gonna six be months like, later. Yeah. You know, so sometimes, like, you have, like, a season finale and it's like, oh, now it's six months later and that's when the next season starts. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be, like... And Supernatural does do that. Sometimes I think the gap between the finale of season seven and season eight is actually a year. Yeah. So they, they do do that sometimes. But in this instance, yeah, no, they pick up straight away. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned to you, I can't remember if it was off, like, in real life or on the podcast, but... Um, the last two episodes of season one and then the first episode of season two can also almost be viewed as like a three part yeah. like act. So um It's not a difficult call to be like, oh well they're gonna deal with the aftermath of them getting hit by a fucking truck. Yeah. Like Yeah. <laughs> Alright, cool. Um and I think that is everything. For this episode. For this episode. Alrighty, so if that is all for today's episode, um, you can always come and interact with us over on Twitter. You can talk to Jamie at DriverPixPod. Um, I reckon you should send her a bunch of fantasies about how John could possibly die coming into the next season. Ooh, like fan art of John getting murdered. I would love Make that. Make killing John, like if she had actually kill- killed yeah. John like she said she did, that yeah. would be perfect. I, yeah. I want to see John die. Like that's... <laughs> That would be really fulfilling for me as a person. What a fun Twitter feed. <laughs> um, no, but you should also go to Tumblr and interact with Bethany at Driver Picks the Podcast. I have a feeling that she's really sad about Rumsfeld, the oh, dog. Oh, poor doggo. So send her some happy doggo photos. Yeah, send me pictures of puppies. If you have a dog or a cat or, like, literally any pet, please send me photos because I will cry in, like, the best way. Okay. I think that pretty well concludes our podcast for today yeah thank um, you so much for listening and we will have a mini episode for you next week with jamie's thoughts on the first season overall her predictions going into season two um, my hopes and dreams for the future of supernatural exactly um, hopefully that john gets murdered <laughs> anyway thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week bye